Good morning, sports fans, bettors, and cappers, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Competitive Hedge Podcast. I am your host of the show, Kenneth Cotterell, and thank you all for joining me here this morning. This podcast is all about sports and the world of betting. We talk about results from yesterday's games and wagers before diving into today's betting slate and cap things off with our daily betting card. Now, want to give a late shout out to my dad whose birthday was yesterday. Unfortunately, he had a tough day of sports fandom. We're both Cowboys fans as well as Manchester United fans, and it was an 0-2 day. But still happy birthday. Shout out to him. Uh, it was great to spend some time with him yesterday. Now, before we get into today's episode, we got to talk about our sponsors over at Bet99, which is a Canadian sports book and casino that offers in-play betting, player props, a cash out option, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available on the website to bet on, including NHL, NBA, NFL, and EPL. Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile, and the mobile app can be downloaded from the website's homepage. Now, depositing and withdrawing funds is hassle-free with a number of well-known methods available to use, so you know your money is safe and secure. The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 with their live chat option. So go to bet99.com to make an account. Use code SHOOTERS at sign up, and please gamble responsibly. You must be 19-plus years of age to do so. It is available to persons in Ontario only. And if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or the gambling of someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. It's down in the bottom ticker there as well for the Saskatchewan number, as long as well as talking about our phenomenal networks, the Off the Ball Network and Blue Collar Media Group. But with that, let's get into the show. Overall, let's talk about the betting weekend was pretty solid yesterday we were down a couple units but friday we had a nice three and two day with the avalanche money line the vcu and richmond over and the burnley and west brown both teams to score saturday we were six and six but we had a plus 700 parlay that hit so shout out to the spit and hedge betting stream which we do every saturday afternoon we were able to cash a nice little parlay there and then sunday dallas let me down big time um as did i There was a couple other plays in there that didn't go our way. Um, When we're talking about golf, though, American Express, we were 4-1. and We unfortunately didn't catch the Finau over Scheffler in round one. But futures-wise, Finau, M, and Burns all finish in the top 20. So 3-0 sweep there. And Adam Hadwin as top Canadian at plus 133. We also cashed as well. So it was a good one from a betting perspective. As I said, tough weekend fandom-wise. Um, Cowboys lose. Um, Detroit's no good. Lakers are still no good. Although I do believe they won yesterday against Portland. And if they didn't, then I'm going to be even more disappointed this morning. Um, so yeah, overall, fandom wise, wasn't our best. But when we're talking about the divisional round recap, there's a couple of good games in here. Um, unfortunately, there was a couple blowouts as well. So that kind of put a little bit of a sour on things, but it all started with that Kansas City game as they took on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Early on when Mahomes got hurt, looked like Kansas City was going to be in a lot of trouble. Now he was able to bounce back after Chad Henney was in for a series or two, and they were able to pick up the win here. Trevor Lawrence still played relatively well in his second playoff game, threw for 217, a touchdown and an interception. Travis Kelsey was just phenomenal. 14 catches for 98 yards and two touchdowns. 
I mean, overall, Kansas City will be concerned as Mahomes was diagnosed with a high ankle sprain. He said he's going to go on it. That's still a pretty serious injury that normally guys miss four to six weeks if they have a high ankle sprain. So it sounds like he's going to try and give it a go on the Jacksonville side. They're going to be fine with Calvin Ridley coming in next year as well, giving him a true number one option and just moving all the other guys down the board. I think this could be a scary good offense next year with a well-coached team, and they'll be able to address some needs on the defense as well in the draft as well. Philadelphia, I mean, they just blew out the Giants 38-7. to um, Giants were playing with house money at this point. Brian Dayball should be coach of the year, in my opinion, with what he did with this Giants group. No true great wide receivers, and I think that was ultimately what was their demise. Saquon had 82 yards on the ground and in the air overall. But, I mean, the Giants, as I said, they're playing with house money. They need to go and get a wide receiver one, probably a wide receiver two as well. And it sounds like Daniel Jones and Saquon will be a part of their long-term plans. Philly now gets to host the NFC Championship game in their building, and they absolutely rolled. Then Buffalo, I mean, they just didn't show up yesterday, 27-10. to 10. There's no excuse for that. Josh Allen was bad. Burrow was much better. Um, I don't know what you do with this Buffalo team because going into the year, they were the betting favorites. They should have been the betting favorites heading into the year. There was a lot of question marks around Kansas City and around a lot of other teams. Like when you look at the preseason top five or six teams, the Rams were in there, Green Bay was in there, Tampa was in there. So they definitely didn't live up to being the favorites, but they certainly weren't as bad as some of those other teams. They just weren't great the last six, eight weeks of the season. Um, Allen's turning the ball over too much. Um, He's going to need to sort that out. I don't know where else you go with this roster. Maybe you add a second wide receiver. Maybe you beef up the defense a little bit, but it feels like, the AFC for the next decade is just going to be all these teams beating each other. Next year, we could see Buffalo knock off Kansas City and Cincy. That could be Jacksonville's year. Maybe the Chargers figure it out. I think that's just going to be what this next decade is going to look like with all these young quarterbacks. And unfortunately, Buffalo is probably going to be the one with the most pressure heading into the year. And then to cap it off, Dallas, as I said, they lost yesterday 19 to 12 against San Francisco. Going into that game, I suckered myself into betting Dallas, going and betting their spread and and betting their money line and all that stuff. But I knew deep down that this was a game that when you're going up against Mike Shanahan or Kyle Shanahan, I should say, geez, Mike's his dad, Kyle Shanahan, you've got that offense with all those weapons. I thought that we were going to be in trouble heading in. Dak threw two picks, should have been three. Mike McCarthy punting on fourth and five on the opposing team's 40 felt like at the time well maybe our defense will hold but looking back on it was a terrible play call um I think we're just expecting different results with the same coaching staff same quarterback same running back thinking that it's all going to be fine well and dandy and it just isn't sounds like Mike McCarthy is going to be sticking around as well so I think we're going to be in this same spot a year from now wondering why the hell things haven't changed in Dallas but now San Fran gets to go on and take on Philly while Cincy and Kansas City square off on the AFC side. So let's talk about the daily game slate now. Tired of being depressed talking about my team from last night. So let's focus on today. And before we do, let's play the video. All right, so let's focus on that EPL game that's happening in the afternoon today. 
as Fulham, who are plus 225, take on Tottenham at plus 114. Now, both of these teams are coming in off of losses, but Fulham, they'd won four straight games prior. They've been playing relatively well in their first season up in the Premier League. And overall, when you look at the standings, they're in seventh, Tottenham are in fifth. Was expecting Tottenham to be honestly closer to even money on this one, uh, but they are plus 114 today. I think I'm going to back Tottenham today strictly because they're the bigger club, and I think that they need to get back into that top four race. If they don't pick up all three points today, then they're going to be at best five points back with uh, one extra game played. So they really need all three today. I think this is a spot where they could pick up all three as well. NBA-wise, there's seven games happening. A lot of question marks, though, heading into tonight. It all starts with that Milwaukee and Detroit game. It's a road spread that's pretty steep, given that Middleton and Giannis look like they're both game-time decisions. So you got to monitor that. If they both go, I would probably bet the minus 11.5, but that line could also move up a little bit as well. So just monitor that one for now. Um, Wait and see what happens injury report-wise. And this is going to be a theme of the NBA, I think, for the next number of months. A lot of teams resting guys or or load management and things, or maybe they're a little bit banged up so they don't go for a game or two. This is just going to be something to monitor overall. Minnesota, they're minus six and a half versus Houston. Still no towns. Game time decision for Gobert, Prince, and Forbes. I would just wait and see on this one as well. I know that they won by nine at home, but now it's on the road. So just a bit of a gross number here. So I'm staying away for now. Boston and Orlando, it's a lot of points for them to cover on the road, but I still like it. Looks like no Marcus Smart going for Boston. Jonathan Isaac should be making his debut for Orlando. But I think that this is one where a lot of people will be on Orlando to cover. But Boston winning six of their last seven road games makes me want to back the Celtics today. So that's probably my favorite play of the morning. Atlanta and Chicago. Chicago's minus one and a half. Bogdanovich is a game time decision. I mean, Atlanta is the hotter team, but they haven't been great on the road. So I think I'm staying away for now. Charlotte and Utah. Utah's minus seven and a half. Charlotte's coming off that big win over Atlanta, but only won two of their last nine prior to that. Utah's playing 500 basketball, and it is a lot of points. So again, staying away from this game. A lot of points in Portland who are on back-to-back and just lost to the Lakers. And I won't be back in the Spurs anytime soon, so I think I'm just staying away. And then the last one is Memphis on a back-to-back. They're minus two and a half on the road against Sacramento. I kind of like the Kings today, even though they haven't been great at covering at home. They're 12 and 13 on the year, whereas Memphis, they're 8, 13 and 1 covering on the road. So I think it's a bad spot, but it's one where I'm hoping that the public bets up Memphis. Maybe we can get this to minus 4, minus 5 by tip off on their side, and we can go and bet the Kings. But for now, I'm staying away and just monitoring that line. NHL wise, there's four games going, and two of them are worth playing. So let's start with that first game, which is the Islanders and Toronto. Toronto's minus 220 right now. Definitely fading a line like that, given that Toronto, I wouldn't say that they're playing bad hockey by any stretch. I mean, they're 500 right now, but but for their expectations, you would probably call that quite poor. Sorokin's been subpar at best. He's lost six of his last seven starts. What concerns me, though, is that three of those were an overtime or a shootout. So I really don't like betting puck line. Don't even really like the regulation either. Feels a bit risky considering the Islanders are playing a lot of tight games. So I think it's just worth staying away. Florida and the Rangers. Rangers are minus 130 at home. 
Both teams have played well recently. They've won a combined 13 of their last 20 games. Rangers have had the Panthers number recently, though. They've won three of the last four head-to-head. It is a pretty good home spot here, given we have Lion in net for uh, Florida, whereas Shesterkin looks to be expected for the Rangers. Buffalo and Dallas. Dallas are minus 175. The in-regulations one that interests me, they won big on the weekend. I know it was Arizona, but Ottinger still in great form. Comrie's expected as well for Buffalo, so I think it could be a good home spot for them to win relatively easily. And then Columbus and Calgary. Calgary's minus 360. I refuse to back that kind of number, (laughs) given that the Flames, they've got Markstrom going. He's been pretty mid-tier this year. I know that they're taking on Merzlikens for uh, Columbus, who's been quite bad, but any puck line that's a minus feels like a trap. And I, I'm not going to go and bet the regulation here and get it to, to minus 200 or minus 180. It just feels like a bad line here. So I'm going to stay away from that NHL play. And then college basketball-wise, one ranked game happening. But there's two others that you might want to keep an eye on today. Um, the ranked game is number two, Kansas, and number 21, Baylor. Baylor's slight favorites at minus two and a half. I'll be honest, I kind of like Kansas on the road coming off back-to-back losses. They're 3-1 and one against the spread on the road this year. Baylor, they are riding high after winning against Oklahoma on the weekend, but plus money feels like a good spot for Kansas. If you want to go and bet the straight-up money line, maybe take the points, but I do like that Jayhawks play. Then the other two games to keep an eye on, my Duke Blue Devils taking on Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's minus one and a half, and I actually kind of like them tonight against Duke. Duke hasn't been great on covering on the road. Um, They're just three and five overall on the road as well. Virginia Tech are 11 and two at home. Yes, they've only covered half those games, but what's key for me is Virginia Tech, they just seem to win when Duke comes to their building. They've won four of the last five head-to-head at Virginia Tech, and that's a lot of good Duke teams that they've seen over the years. So the fact that they have that kind of record goes to show that they just like playing Duke at home. And then New Mexico and Nevada, Nevada's minus two and a half. They're also 6-1-1 one one against the spread at home. So this is a concerning road spot for New Mexico Um, They were ranked a couple weeks ago, so I do believe this is going to be a close game. It's going to be one that you want to watch. We might see both of these teams in the NCAA tournament. It's unlikely, but it still could happen, and so I would keep an eye on this game as a late one to watch. Now, with that, let's go to our last call pick segment sponsored by Last Mountain Distillery. This is where we give you our daily betting plays. We got five of them for you here today, but before we do, let's play the video. So Last Mountain Distillery is family-owned and operated in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, the heart of grain country. Saskatchewan's first micro-distillery success lies in their commitment to producing high-quality handcrafted spirits. Their craft distilling process brings out the full flavor of the grain and leaves a smooth finish unlike any other. Their holiday seasonal releases are out now. Their famous cherry whiskey, chocolate hazelnut truffle liquor, and new local candy cane vodka this year. Definitely go and check out their products. A lot of great ones over there at Last Mountain. We really appreciate their support. And as always, definitely support local. So with that, let's get into our last call pick segment. Starting with Tottenham Moneyline versus Fulham. This is a one and a half unit play. I just want the plus money here. I know Tottenham's on the road. They haven't been in the best form. They're taking on a Fulham side that has won four of their last five. But I just believe Fulham, the second half of the year, are going to come back down to earth a bit. 
I think we'll see them by season's end, finishing around that 10 to 12 mark in the standings. And I think it starts with a game like this where Tottenham comes in. Yes, they're road favorites, but they're definitely not a team that people were expecting to come away with all three. I think they will, so give me the plus 114. Rangers money line on the ice against the Panthers. As I said, Lions going for Florida. I know he's 2-0, but one of those wins is over Montreal. I think that New York's a different animal. you got to go and play at MSG. Igor's lost two in a row, but he's giving up just two goals per game in his last four starts, so he's playing good hockey. Florida's also 11-14-2 on the road, so I think it's a good spot for them to win at Madison Square Garden. Dallas Stars in regulation against Buffalo, minus 109 for one unit. Again, riding the hot hand that is Jake Ottinger at home versus a subpar Sabres team. He's won four of his last six starts, and he's given up a total of eight goals over that stretch, including a couple shutouts as well. So he's playing great. Comrie gave up four in his last start on just 22 shots. I think he's going to face a lot more than that tonight. So we could see a four or five goal outing for the Dallas Stars. So give me the in regulation. Then NBA-wise, I'm going to take the Celtics minus six and a half. This is just a one-unit play. They've won nine straight. Yes, no Brogdon or Smart. Potentially no Robert Williams as well. Jonathan Isaac should give them a boost on the Orlando side, but it should be in limited minutes. Orlando are a team that covers, but I think that this is just tonight where Boston, they show their quality on the road. They come away with a double-digit victory, so give me the Celtics minus six and a half. And then to cap it off, yeah, I'm going to play Kansas tonight, plus two and a half versus Baylor. It's minus 106 for one and a half units, and only three losses on the year for Kansas, and two of them have come in a row now. TCU absolutely boat raced them at home, but I think that they're going to come up big against Baylor. I don't see them losing three straight. Well-coached teams like this, especially Bill Self, who's the defending national champs, I think they make a statement tonight that they're going to be a one seed come March. A win at Baylor would definitely go a long way in making that case. So give me Bill Self. Give me the Jayhawks at home at plus two and a half. I might even sprinkle the money line as well as I can get some plus value there. But appreciate everyone who tuned in to the show today. Follow us at HedgePod on all of our social platforms. We occasionally live bet some college basketball. Might start posting more NBA plays later in the day once we see final injury reports so you won't want to miss out on those appreciate you all and we'll see you guys tomorrow morning for the competitive hedge podcast